0: Welcome back all you paddleboarders, all you water lovers, enthusiasts of the sport. Anybody inspiring to be part of the sport. This podcast is for you. This episode is for you. I've got Maddie. She's out in um, Vancouver, well actually Torofino west of Vancouver in British Columbia, Canada. And she has a strong heart about the sport. Very enthusiast and she's teaching she's doing her dream job out in torfino with uh swell torfino and we share a lot of common interests uh one of them being that we had the same very same paddleboard as our first one so welcome listen give us a thumbs up a subscribe keep coming back especially if you're a beginner and you want to learn about paddleboarding let's dive in the show is going to be awesome and I, I love her voice behind the sport and all of her enthusiasm. She's a sub racer, a sub surfer, and she's got a ton of knowledge. So let's give, let's give a listen in. Maddie LeBlanc, all the way out, Torofino, living the dream. One quick code to share before we get in, Luna 10 will save you on the retail and lunamoonsupyoga.com. And we have new bracelets and even some Fatoski stone beaded bracelets, which is the stone of Michigan, very popular up in uh, northern Michigan. So go there, Luna 10. Maddie, thanks for being here on the podcast, uh, your episode number 25. And welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh my gosh, Misty, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today.
0: Yeah, I am as well. I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, all the things that you're up to and just anything you're willing to share into the paddleboard community.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, seriously, thanks for giving me the platform to, to share my stories.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where are you at right now?
1: I am currently living in Tofino, British Columbia, uh, in Canada, in Canada. Which is so weird because that's like for me the first time on a podcast I've ever said that. <laughs> like, I'm always in Niagara and now I'm like, wow, first time in my life I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing over there?
1: I am teaching stand-up paddleboarding and surf lessons for a company called Swell Education.
0: Oh, cool. Nice. And that's mm-hmm. right, on the, right on the coast there, right? So you're teaching them on the ocean?
1: Yeah, oh, cool. yeah, it's my first time having a job like on the ocean, like I've always taught paddleboarding on fresh water, and this is it's been so cool to like see the ocean and all its beauties. So
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. And how is that going?
1: It's going really well so far. Um, we don't have a lot of tourists here yet just because of like COVID restrictions still um, and just provincial borders as as well. Um, so I'm hoping that like the, the clientele picks up and that we have more people coming for sup and surf lessons, but I've been here for almost three weeks now and it's just kind of a lot of training, getting to know the environment and, and how the ocean works and how to just be safe and have a good time.
0: Oh, very cool. How did you find out about, uh, what was it? What, what was the name called again?
1: Yeah. The company's called swell, swell. education, um, yeah and actually it's kind of a funny story like I was just in my room I remember it was like a Saturday night I was super chill just like scrolling through Facebook um and then I saw this job posting on this one Facebook group I'm a part of it's called Canadian freelance outdoor education instructors and I've been a part of this group for a few years just because my background in environmental education um I found this group through one of my co-ops in my undergrad and so, yeah, it's a Saturday night, scrolling through Facebook, and I saw this job being posted in this Facebook group, and I was like, wow, this job, like, is mm-hmm. my dream job. Like, I've always wanted to go to Tofino, it's teaching paddleboarding, it's teaching surfing, it's two things I love, and it's in this very unique environment that I've always wanted to get to know yeah. more. Um, awesome. So I remember, like, as fast as I could, I pulled together, like, a cover letter, I, like, brushed up my resume, like as fast as I could. I think it literally took me like an hour because I was so excited to apply for this job. And I thought I have to apply to this ASAP. Yeah. Um, so I did. And within a week, I had an interview. And then two days after that, I was told I got the job. So I've I've known about this job since January wow. of this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool.
0: wow, that's super unique. I love it.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's crazy right I mean I'm a big believer in that things happen for a reason and Mm -hmm. I feel like I was just meant to be scrolling through Facebook on a Saturday night and come across this job so I'm very very grateful
0: and be in a Facebook group like that you know with just uh, you know similar interests like-minded people right and then come across that that's really neat
1: Mm-hmm. yeah like I've always admired this Facebook group and there's been jobs on there that have been posted and and I've looked at them and I'm like okay those are kind of cool like they're interesting but like not quite exactly what I'm looking for mm-hmm. and just when this job came up I I immediately hopped on it because I think my heart and soul knew like I was meant for that so
0: <laughs> awesome very, yeah, very didn't cool. waste
1: any time <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: What is the, um, what are like the level of people that come through? Are they, you get the the variety of newbie to eh, get a little experience, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think, um, I haven't seen too much variety yet just because again, like I've, I've only been here for three weeks. Um, right. but already I've seen beginner to kind of like an intermediate level. I haven't seen super advanced yet. Um, but we have a lot of beginners because a lot of our clientele population is, is tourists who come to Tofino just to learn how to surf. Like they, most of them never have in their entire life. And they just know that that's kind of like the ideal Tofino experience. So, um, we deal with a lot of beginners and then actually just last week for the first time I was able to, uh, shadow my boss for an intermediate, uh, subsurf course. So that was kind of cool to like, Watch my boss teach someone who has paddled before but never paddle surfed and wow. kind of lead somebody through that.
0: Oh, how um, awesome! That's so cool. I, I, so I teach um, stand up paddle boarding and it, do some special events and like yoga and stuff, but that would be so unique to be like in that location, you know, cause I'm, or something similar, I guess, because then you get that variety of, um, you know surf between and, and stand up paddle and then you can stand up paddle surf so how cool I love it
1: yeah I think we're we're so lucky to have the conditions that we have here and that and that you can provide a service like that to people and mm-hmm. and meet people from all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences like see I, I, I want to go there now <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, you have to come to Tofino. It's like oh, every time I call home and I talk to my friends and my family, I'm just like, "Guys, it's unreal here." Like every time I I blow up Tofino like crazy. It's
0: really. Crazy. Oh my gosh. And you're but you're originally more on the eastern side of Canada or?
1: I am. Yeah. Yeah. So originally born and raised Welland, Ontario, Canada. So right in the heart of the Niagara region. Okay. Um, So I'm in a perfect spot between most of the Great Lakes. Like I can actually drive like 30 minutes north and I'm on Lake Ontario or 20 minutes south and I'm on Lake Erie. Yeah. so yeah, most of my experience is on freshwater, and Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool.
0: Yeah. I have, I have such a draw to Canada lately. I, I I don't know what it is, but, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of been unique and I've been learning about different spots in Canada, but you know, whenever that border opens, it'll be, uh, some bucket list places to go to.
1: Oh, absolutely. We're, we're so blessed with, so many unique paddling environments and um yeah these hidden gems that people don't know about but you can really only get to by paddleboard like it's it's really cool I think we have a very unique environment yeah
0: so you you got the job and you must have packed up some boards
1: (laughs) 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 oh my gosh yeah the whole board shebang was (laughs) quite a technical uh hoop to jump through i'll say that in the least i'm actually still waiting um for my race board to to be delivered but i've got lots of surfboards here i actually have an eight six um subsurf that i'm in love with here i love taking it out all the time so yeah, yeah. I still I, have some boards to use.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I yeah, I have a variety as well. I've got the, the little um surf stand up like that too. You know, it's um I think it is. It's an eight I think it is eight six. And, okay. Yeah, and um So, but you, it has the fin set up so you can change it out and have a long fin or a short fin or, or have the thrusters or, you know, take those out. I've wakeboarded, actually I've wakeboarded with it, um, on the lake, you know, behind the boats, that's been fun.
1: (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that and I never have yet. I'm
0: doing it this summer some more for sure. It was, uh, last summer was a little like, well, one of, one of our friends actually has the better the better of the boats to do it behind. But this year he even got a better boat and, he, and he, I was like, oh boy, what kind of boards can we do? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, this thing is going to throw a wake. So he's saying like you can use the long one like way back, you know, or the shorty up front. So we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. If you can get some airtime on that, that would be (laughs) golden.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a fun summer, too, with um, hopefully with, I mean, you know, being able to meet a lot of people. I know that you guys still have a little bit of restrictions and stuff like that going on. And uh, yeah, hopefully that that gets better for you.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so, too. I definitely... I can't complain, though, VC, Mm -hmm. like, the restrictions are very different than Ontario, where I'm from, so it it is kind of weird in the sense, like, we're still technically, like, in a lockdown here in in British Columbia, but it's not as tight as Ontario, and so it's funny, like, coming here and actually being able to start teaching and, and living in a house with so many roommates, like, I almost feel like life is kind of back to normal. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. humans again. Like <laughs> people. Yeah, <laughs> Social yeah. Social interactions. This is great. Um <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's well, yeah, it's same for me, you know, like all of a sudden things just kind of got a little better over the past uh well, I guess during the month of May it kind of you know, starting to get a little bit better and seeing people and stuff, and it was like, is this a? or we? Can we do this? Is this okay?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but oh, uh, how many? Yeah. How how did you even really get into uh, stand up paddleboarding?
1: Yes, I got into stand up paddleboarding actually when I was ten years old. I saw these two guys stand up <laughs> paddleboarding um, when I was on the beaches of Lake Huron, actually in in Canada, and. When they were out paddling, I just remember looking at them and and my parents, like, we were all on the beach together with my family. And I looked at them and I said, what is that? And they both looked looked back at me and they were like, I have no idea. Like, (laughs) I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Um, So we were all fascinated by what the heck these two men were standing on. Um, So when they came back in from their paddle, um, my mom encouraged me to go up to them and ask, what is that? And so I did, and they said, oh, these are stand-up paddle boards. Would you like to try? Oh. And it's cool when I tell that story because I I think just that, that whole question in itself has forever changed the course of my life. Like, getting on a paddle board for the first time, um, there's a really old picture. I think it's, like, way back on my Instagram mm-hmm. of uh, my brother and I standing on the board, but I was on the front, and I had the paddle in my hands, and my brother was, like, sitting on the back. Um because we were so little and this board was so big, but yeah. I just remember, like, I loved the view. I loved looking down and seeing, like, the clear water. Like, I think just having that perspective as a child, like, really attached me to the sport, like, mm-hmm. forever, for the rest of my life. Um, so years after that, I, like, begged for a stand-up paddle paddleboard. I, I asked my parents, like, can I get one? Can I get one? And the deal was that uh one year for Christmas it would be my present but it would be my only present and I had to pay for half so I remember like I think I had like two or three babysitting jobs that summer <sighs> and I saved up like every penny of my money oh to my buy gosh. a stand-up paddle board. and um yeah I think Christmas of 2012 I received my first board and I took it out that following spring so I've been paddling since
0: 2013. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where did, uh, how did you find what board you wanted? Where, is
1: it a yeah, store? Actually, <laughs> that's kind of a funny story. No one's ever asked me that question. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really have a choice. Like, <laughs> because, yeah. um, what happened was I remember, so that summer when I started saving up, like my parents and I, we, we would walk into mountain equipment co-op and, um, a few other outdoor stores, and just kind of looking at boards and browsing, and um, we never really found something that at the time like was in my budget. Because I remember as a kid thinking like early money management skills, being yeah. like, "Wow, like this board is so expensive. Like I can't pay. It. Like so half of a thousand is five hundred. Like I don't think I'm going to be able to make five hundred dollars. Like maybe, but I don't know." Um, and so I remember that Christmas, like when I woke up that morning. Um, I saw the paddle behind the tree, and <laughs> my parents totally teased me about it. They're like, "Yeah, Maddie, so you know like it's Christmas time, so companies aren't really selling boards. Like we just got you the paddle and like you keep saving up and we'll buy you a board. And I'm like, oh, like, thank you. I'm just so happy I have the paddle. <laughs> like, sure. So and um reasonable remember- story.
0: like, <laughs> yeah, being it was seasonal. So- <laughs> right type of area <laughs> Sounds about
1: right most of them are sold out by Christmas now anyway so yeah um but yeah so I remember my brother and sister like they kept opening up their presents and then when I thought kind of like Christmas morning was done they looked at me and they said really Maddie did you think like we were gonna only get you the paddle and like not aboard <laughs> and i Freaked out. I was like, oh my God, no way. So they're like, all right, go find it. So I ran to the garage. It wasn't there. I ran to the basement. It wasn't there. And then the last room in the house that I knew it could be in was my dad's workshop. Because my dad's a landscaper. So he does a lot of like woodwork and and things like that. So I ran to the (laughs) to the wood shop and and there it was. It was just laying on the floor. It was a 10 six Jimmy Sticks. Toddle that was my board first and, board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're great boards, right? Actually, yeah. I and
0: I don't unfortunately, I don't think they're around anymore, but yeah, the, it was a great beginner board and they had a variety of, of them and stuff and um I was happy to have that as my first board.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree. Wow, I love that we can like share that love of a Jimmy sticks. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah,
0: I had that for <laughs> oh, I don't know, maybe five years or so. But I've I've been lately thinking of boards almost like cars because you can have a really expensive one and you know it's going to be a really good one, but it's so expensive for your first board. And you're like, can I find something like in the middle and buy something and have it for a while and maybe upgrade? You sell that one and then, yeah, you upgrade to that more expensive board. Yeah. You know? You can sell them used and
1: Mm
0: -hmm. for someone else, you know, that that is going through the same thing because it just keeps growing in popularity.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I I definitely think that's actually the way to go because I think, like, I encourage a lot of people who are getting into the sport to just really try out a bunch of different boards. Like, see what you like, what you don't like, and, and how can you do that if the very first board you buy is, like, this $5,000 like Ferrari of a paddleboard, right? Like it's, right. It's, yeah. So, yeah, I like agree. the race
0: boards are super expensive.
1: Mm-hmm. It's because yes.
0: it, it's all in the materials, you know? It's like if they have some little carbon inlays, and, you know, that adds to the price. What kind of race yeah. board do you have?
1: I have a 23 and a half uh, by 14 foot starboard all star um yeah that's that's my go-to and I'm in love with that board it's that one is sitting at home actually right now I had to leave that one in Ontario um but I'm waiting for a 23 by 14 foot 2021 all-star to to come to Tofino so I'm excited to try that board out because it's a dugout model so it's not so much like a flat deck okay Yeah,
0: yeah I haven't tried one of those kind of boards before how, how much yeah. different are they from, from like just straight across to being the dugout?
1: Yeah, I think um, what I really like about the dugout models are that they allow you as a paddler to sit actually lower down closer to the water. So instead of like having a good distance above it mm-hmm. and then really having to extend your paddle reach because your feet are literally above the water, a dugout model has enough rails on the side that it's like, you're kind of sitting comfortably inside of it. And then your feet are at water level. Okay. Um, so your, your paddle, you could probably even cut your paddle to be a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's very technical, but like yeah. you can cut it a little bit shorter because now you can actually get some more reach because y- you are physically closer to the water than you would be on a flat deck.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I was always curious about that. I know it's more of a, of a racing type of thing and, <clears throat> Personally, I've only done, like, a few races and not, you know, not a ton of them. I mean, I like it, but uh, it's kind of went away a little bit around here where I'm at for popularity, the uh, the race events. But um, you can still kind of seek them out, you know. Have you done a ton yeah. of racing?
1: Yes. Oh, I, I love racing, like, so much now. It's funny, like, when I started stand-up paddleboarding, it was very, very leisurely, very mm-hmm. much just for my for my health and and now it's it's my career like racing is something I'm so passionate about and Mm -hmm. I love international racing I love going all over the world to really cool spots and yeah being able to compete for Team Canada and just yeah like I I love it that's I love racing
0: (laughs) yeah how did you get with that how did you get on Team Canada
1: um, yeah, Team Canada, very much, a, I feel like a, a chance of fate, <laughs> that, uh, that story. I, I wanted to make Team Canada in 2018. And nationals for Team Canada, um, every year was always held in, in BC. And where I'm from in Ontario, domestic flights to get to British Columbia are very expensive. So I remember. Um, yeah, it would have been like April of 2018, like a month out before nationals. I had a conversation with my parents and I said, I really want to go to nationals. Like, I really want to try to have a spot to make Team Canada. Like, I would just love to go to this race and and give it my all. Mm-hmm. And 2018, I had only been racing for like a year and a half. Like, I only really had, or actually no, probably two years at that point. So I only had two seasons under my belt um, with the Ontario sub series. So my racing experience, like I was gaining some, but my parents thought that like, and I don't know how to describe this. Cause like in a very gentle way, they said this to me that like your, your level of experience and, and your racing, um, technique is not quite yet at the level to try to go to nationals, um, for the cost that it's worth to go as well. So I don't know if that makes sense, but they basically said it's a very expensive trip to try to go for a race that you may not qualify to be on Team Canada quite yet. And in their minds, they were like, just keep training, like keep working hard, like you'll get to nationals, just not this year. Um, And I respected that opinion. I thought, you know what? Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Like I need to wait. I need to develop my skills more as an athlete, work even harder And one day I'll get to nationals. So that year, though, because I decided not to, um, I chose to spend the money instead to go to Nicaragua (laughs) for two weeks. So I got to go surfing there with my sister with uh, a company called Surf the Greats. And it was so fun. Best two weeks of my life. I come home and I'm now starting my final year of my undergraduate studies at the University of Waterloo. And I was sitting in my bedroom and I got a phone call from my good friend, Ariel Amrell. And she's like, hey, Maddie, like Team Canada, we we actually have a spot on the team for you because one of the girls like she can't make she can't make it to China. So would you like to take her spot to go on Team Canada? And <laughs> at this point, it was September. And I remember thinking like, wow, I'm so overwhelmed with school. Um, getting to China. It's a self-funded trip. Like you probably know stand up paddleboarding. Like, there's just not a lot of money really in the sport right now because it's such a baby sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it still needs time to grow. So I, like, oh, with so much like oh, sadness in my heart, I had to say, uh, Ariel, I'm so sorry, but I I can't come. Like, I can't afford this trip. Um, but I really appreciate you like asking me and thinking of me to to come and fill that spot for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. So I said no. And then a month later, so now it's October of 2018, we're three weeks out from China, <laughs> three weeks out from the ISA World Seth and Paddleboard Championships, she calls me again. She says, Maddie, we still haven't been able to fill the spot. We need you to come on the team. And another one of our team members has offered to pay for your flight. And um. I said, OK, I'm coming. <laughs> like, no hesitation. I was like, all right, this is meant to be. This is like fate for sure. I can't say no a second time.
0: (laughs) Wow, amazing. So you got your flight paid. You got to go. And what happened?
1: And what happened? Yeah, I got to compete in two races. I got to compete in a technical race um, and a long distance race. And both very life-changing experiences. Um, Very, very humbled. The technical racing was probably the hardest I have ever made my heart (laughs) work. Like I uh, I'll never forget the feeling of it just like completely pounding in my chest, like with nerves and adrenaline. Um, but it was so much fun. I think, um, overall I came like 20th, I think out of 27, uh, competitors and, then the distance race unfortunately I had to drop out due to injury Mm -hmm. so I didn't get to complete that race Um, but again very humbling paddling in the ocean learning how the swell works um, and the different textures of the ocean like the chop and and downwind so um, yeah just that experience has always made me want to go back to worlds and kind of uh, redeem myself I feel like in a sense of Okay, I know what it's like now to compete sure. at the top of the top cuz I've been there, but now how do we improve that performance and how do we make an even bigger statement? So yeah.
0: yeah. Is there any plans like moving forward maybe next year or do you know yet? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so actually um this year I've been asked again to compete on behalf of Team Canada at the the ICF World SUP and Paddleboard Championships in Hungary. Um, which was supposed to take place in June, but due to COVID, they've pushed the event back now to September. So I'm training hard. I'm working my best every single day to be able to still go to that competition. And hopefully if if COVID allows, um, I'll be there. So
0: awesome. Yeah. What was your first, (laughs) your first race?
1: Where was my first race? Yeah. Um, it was in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and that story is kind of funny too, because I remember going to that race and Barry for me is about a good two and a half to three hours away from Niagara. Mm-hmm. And that race was like a one kilometer square loop. So I remember finishing the race. I came in second. I'm running on the beach. I'm so happy. <laughs> and my mom looks at me and she's like, really, Maddie? We, we drove like three hours for like an 11 minute race. <laughs> like, What was that? <laughs> So we we just lost it. We're laughing so hard. Oh, that's funny! And we look back now, yeah. And and I'm like, Mom, thank you for doing that for me because that that race has forever gotten me hooked on the sport of sub. So yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I give her many thanks. Oh, that's <laughs> that.
0: funny. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Do you still have your very first board, your Jimmy sticks?
1: Uh, oh, unfortunately, I don't. Yeah. I. I wanted to keep it as part of the quiver like just for sentimental value but um uh, yeah the quiver started to build and and then in my head I was like you know what there, there's no justification to to keep this board anymore mm-hmm. um that I need to make room for other boards yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much room I get in it. my garage yeah, yeah I get so it. it totally <laughs> <laughs> it went to a very lovely home like it's it's in good hands.
0: <laughs> so did mine. <laughs>
1: Amazing. I was gonna ask you the same thing. I'm like, do you still have yours? But...
0: No that that was my first board, and I I had it for enough enough years, enough pictures, and all of that. And yeah, I yeah, it uh, yeah, went to someone that really wanted to, you know, travel around, you know, with a roof rack and everything. So I said, no, nope, this is perfect perfect board for you. <laughs>
1: Yes, I love that. I love when you can pass on a board to someone that like, you know, will will love it so much as much as you have.
0: Right, exactly. And I, it's it kind of goes back to lately. I've just been thinking of boards like cars in a weird way like that, you know, because like, you know, when you first start driving and you really want that, you know, not everyone is into driving when they when you get of age. But if you really are, you know, I really find it a comparable story when you really are looking forward to getting. The keys, you know, after you've turned of age and stuff. So, I don't know. Anyway, it's just a analogy that I've I've sort of come up with lately.
1: <laughs> what boards do you have? I'm so curious to know, like, what's in your quiver right now?
0: I have, I have, a, I have a nice variety. But you know, for classes, I have inflatables, and um, it's an Evolve brand, Evolve paddleboards. They're out of Ocean City, Maryland, and I've really grown, you know, to love that brand. But I've had aisle boards in the past, and those I've sold that I've sold that Jimmy sticks, uh, and then I have a slingshot that's the 8'6 little surfer um, stand up paddle. Oh, which, okay. Which is you know fun. I enjoy that one, and then I've got the race board, which is um, an elite pipeline, and it was more or less like a a Michigan brand, I think, uh, company that started coming up with the boards. It's it's a twelve six, so that was you know, and that was my first race board. That was you know, I I did some races. Um, gee, what year was that? Two thousand and um sixteen, I think. And they so M twenty two, they do this race up north. You know, like in the of your of the Michigan Palm like up in here you know Traverse City area and that was my first race and I I loved it but it was also um the paddle took over the swim it was a triathlon so you did a run a bike and then paddle so that was my first oh. race <laughs>
1: wow <laughs> yeah good for you that's actually really cool yeah
0: I really liked it I liked it a lot but it was it was hard it was hard work but um then there's another race that they don't have anymore unfortunately that was closer to me and it's on um the Detroit River you know the Detroit River links like Lake Erie and then like Lake um and, and up north you know and anyway there's an island or in, in Detroit that you go around it and it was called once around Belle Isle which is Owabi and they had a big event and then like a little smaller one and it, uh that one was another another fun another little fun event yeah
1: yeah Oh that's so cool. I've actually I've always wanted to do Owabi. I've heard oh, about it. Oh you heard it about it? Yeah. A lot of Canadians go to that race actually. Okay. Um yeah, so that's one. Like, actually, one of my good friends, her name's Danielle Holdsworth. I think she won it one year. Um, Larry Kane from Canada, yes. he competes in that and yep. like kicks butt. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. I've heard a lot of good things about that race. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, but unfortunately, it's not it's not around anymore. You know, I well. Covid didn't help, but it, it it was the year previous to that that they couldn't hold it anymore. I think it was just a funding thing. If someone would have bought it and then maybe kept it going forward, but like I said, the whole I don't think the COVID thing helped either. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe one day it'll come back. You know,
1: I hope so because I was really looking forward to that
0: <laughs> one day. I'm I'm yeah. surprised if I it, it well. Yeah, I'm surprised by it at some point. But then I guess, you know, with the sport still growing and stuff, there's maybe some growing pains in there as well that, you know, it'll just take a little bit of time for it to come back. But yeah, yeah. so then, I, you know, like and I got another I have another hardboard that's that's um, it's more like a yoga yoga board, too. And it's from Evolve, but it has a cork top on on it. Yeah, so it's oh, it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool too, and it's and it's funny because that one has a long fin and the thrusters on the side as well, and then the oh. inf- inflatables kind of do too, but the inflatables are just so soft. They're like it is made for yoga. You know, like I have this yoga po- this pod actually that they oh, all like God. connect. Yeah, so there's that. Piece are so cool of equipment too that I have. <laughs> We have a lot of gear. We're also kayakers too. And my husband builds wood kayaks and paddle boards. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we have three kayaks right now that is in the 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 boat shop, that's just like just <laughs> our garage really. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and he's doing some work. Like my mine is sixteen feet, my kayak. Yeah, so they're big. And then he just finished before last season, of last season, a 14 foot wood kayak or paddleboard. Sorry.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Send I mean, me pictures because I would love to see. Those. Yeah. You would love <laughs> to
0: see that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we have uh, we have quite the collection of stuff going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so cool, though. And I, I think that's honestly my favorite thing about stand up paddleboarding is that mm-hmm. Like there's so many different ways you can do it. Like you can do yoga, you can do racing, you can leisurely paddle, you can tour, you can take them on portages. Like I love when you have a variety of gear so that you're able to do all those things and kind of dip your toe in the the water of all those different sectors. Cause I think I love that variety. Like, and it's so good for paddlers to have that variety. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. And then this year I got a wing. So I'm going to try the wing surfing.
1: yeah yes that's amazing I know oh my gosh what is um what's the meters of your wing like because you know they come in like six meters five meters
0: I got five three
1: you got a five three yeah I got
0: a five three which I think is like right down the middle of like being okay you have enough wind but it's nothing too crazy and then it's probably just enough for me to handle yeah so yeah I'll be uh I'll be learning about that
1: Oh, yeah. That's definitely, that is something 100% I want to get my hands on. Because um, I know starboard is, like, coming out with a lot of cool wings. Um, and I got to try one, actually, just before I moved to Tofino. We we have a friend that lives in Welland, and um, he let me take it out on the Welland Canal. Like, oh, a week really? Before I left. What was it yeah. like? It was um, It was actually very interesting because... Like, the wind, we thought it was going to be, like, a straight north wind, and it was going to push us all the way down the canal, but the wind was kind of more of, like, a northwest, and so because of that, and just the way the canal runs, it kind of kept pushing us off to the side, so you really had to figure out, like, how do I move the wing to get it to go in the direction that I want, and then where do your feet need to be on the board as well to, like, really direct it and right. to turn, so... um yeah, it, my my arms are actually very sore after because like I'm just constantly like lifting it up. Right. Yeah. Like you're constantly holding on to this wing. Um, and it took us a while to get to the, <laughs> to the end because it wasn't like the downwind that we thought it would be. But um, in my head, I was like, wow, like if you're out, like, say, on a great lake and you have kind of more space to work with, it doesn't really matter what the wind direction is going to be because you'll be able to fly no matter what. Yeah, Back and um, forth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure uh,
1: yeah so <laughs> it was a unique experience and that's why I'm like ooh, like I really want to keep trying this like yeah. I really want to see yeah you got a works.
0: taste of it and kind of want to do some more
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: have you tried the foils
1: yet oh uh, no I have not but that's another thing I, I know right
0: <laughs> the hydro yeah. foils I you know what I know like I feel like I know just like an like a little like bit of it and that's it you know, like I, I, I have not, I have not tried it. I've just, I've um, actually, there's a guy on our lake and he was out last night and um, he's just, he, I think I saw him back in the beginning when the the lake just unthawed and he was having trouble, you know, like he would get up and then he would fall and he had a wetsuit on but he would get up and then fall. So I'm assuming it's must be just about that balance because you're literally like hovering like above the water. And he was out last night. He was doing great. I th- I'm assuming it was the same guy. But anyway, he was doing great, whoever he was. And uh, I could hear the um, the electric uh, motor with it, too, though. So I could hear the hum of that. So I'm not, I guess, like I said, I only know, like, so much about it. I, and that's it. I, I'm i curious. But,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the ones I've, I've heard of, like, don't have an electric motor. Like, yeah. it still makes a hum because of the way that the foil is designed. Like, um, I don't know how to describe... Um, how it works but I think like it would be tougher on the Great Lakes because like and why I could see this man probably falling like constantly falling is because yeah like you said it requires a lot of balance Mm -hmm. but it also requires a lot of push from the water and or wind so you probably see a lot of people are holding a wing while they're on a foil because if you have that speed being picked up from the kite then that'll be enough to like allow the foil to come with you as a paddler versus like yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anybody on the Great Lakes be able to just like use leg power or even paddle power enough to push that foil to to get it to go up. Right. I think you see it more in the ocean because you have that natural current um, or you have waves to help you give you that push. Right. Um, or I think the only time I've seen it done on a Great Lake and done well is being towed behind a boat because, again, you oh, have that right. speed, you have enough momentum to pick up the foil to allow it to be pushed through the water but I think it's natural yeah. for it to like make that humming noise because of the way that the the wings I guess you would call them are are designed like okay. under the water yeah 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 so, yeah that
0: must be it then yeah yeah I have seen them behind the boat too yeah
1: yeah that, isn't that cool yeah it's like
0: fun <laughs> yeah another fun <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've heard some like pretty gnarly stories of people like getting cut pretty bad, because like, because they're so sharp, right? So I think that's a big thing to consider. too. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I would love to try this, but I would a definitely wear a helmet and be fall really far away from it. Like I would like kick it out. Yeah, (laughs) let
0: it go out from you. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm assuming that falling is just a thing with it, that you should probably learn how to fall with it and not be scared. Because if you are if you don't know, then like you said, you might have the risk of cutting your, getting yourself hurt.
1: Yeah. Like every person I've talked to about the foil says it's really hard and to really get it and to make it look like flawless, like those videos that you see like on Instagram, yeah. is that it, it does require a lot of falling. Like it requires a lot of like really um learning how to get on the board and then once you're on it to like to keep that momentum to push it to get the foil to go up and that can take a lot of work so um a lot of people who have learned it say they fall like Mm -hmm. a lot in the beginning more than like once they actually get the hang of it yeah how
0: do you now with your your lessons at, you know where you're at teaching how do you like when newbies come What do you like? What do you what do you say to them, especially about falling?
1: Yeah, especially about falling. We we actually really highly stress falling properly in lessons because a lot of people, especially on a surfboard, ride it sometimes almost to the sand, which we say, like, don't do that, like, because then the fins can scrape (laughs) the bottom. But if you do get close, we want you to fall flat, fall away from the board and cover your head when you're going to fall. Because some people get so excited. They're like, yeah, I rode my first wave. And then they jump off, but then they're jumping off into shallow water. So you Mm -hmm. can actually risk like sprained ankles or or twisting an ankle. Um, So to protect your feet, uh, falling back and, and flat. So we always say kind of like a starfish, um, like push the board away from you so that to like the board surfboard or paddleboard doesn't come back and hit you. Um, Mm. because the only way you're going to injure yourself is if you actually fall on your equipment. Um, so if you fall back and fall flat, um, to land on your back on the sand is not going to hurt as much as like jumping off on your two feet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, always, always protecting your head, um just because again like 99.9% of the time you're not wearing a helmet <laughs> when you're out there yeah. um paddling or surfing um so and and you never know who else is in the water around you like someone could be coming near you as well um so always protecting the noggin <laughs> when, yeah
0: right when you fall well, and and what about just for like regular just like stand up paddleboarding if they're not surfing what is it the same
1: Um, it's primarily the same, except depending on where you are. So like, for example, if I'm out on a great lake, I know I've got a lot of deep water. I will still say fall flat and fall away from your board. Um, because again, out in the middle of the, the lake, like nothing's going to hurt you out there other, other than your equipment. So fall away from it. Um, maybe not so much necessarily protecting your head because you have such a bigger space to work with. And for the most part, the water's pretty deep. Um, but yeah, like if you're paddling with other people around, like you can still probably protect the head, but you do have the paddle in your hands as well. So like, Mm -hmm. that's why I normally don't say that because then like, you could kind of knock yourself with the paddle. Yeah. So, um, And
0: and if they're, and if they're really fearful of the whole falling thing, I mean, do you have like a positive reinforcement kind of, you know, some, something to tell them like inspiration, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, I actually, I always say, if you're not falling, you're not learning because Mm -hmm. I think in sup, like, Oh, it's so funny. like, I see the difference all the time. Like when people come to surf, it's like, they already know they're going to get wet. So they, so they don't mind if they fall and fall and fall, but sup, I don't know why people come to it and like, they, they get so scared. Like it's so real, like that fear of, of falling in Mm -hmm. and they feel like the standard is that if I fall in, I've failed. And in my head mm-hmm. I try to turn that narrative around and say, "Well, no, actually, like if you fall, that's amazing. Like you're learning how to maneuver the board, you're learning where your feet need to be. You're you're learning so much about how to maneuver the paddle. Like I think falling is great. And sometimes I'll even start lessons by saying like, "Okay, guys, we're we're jumping in. Mm-hmm. Like let's go. Like we're we're getting wet and and already having people wet and then putting them back on the board gets them like over that fear. Like then they look at it and say, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm already wet. So what what do I have to lose now?" <laughs> like, so. <laughs> oh,
0: no, that's great. Yeah I, I I'm always I'm always curious about that from a teacher perspective because, you know, sometimes you just have not always, but you have maybe that one or two people that are just like, "Oh, I want to do this, but I don't want to fall." You know, yeah. and it's like, okay trying to describe this, like, all right, we're, you're going to learn how to fall. But I always say like, falling is not failing, you know, like, and I've always even said that in yoga, if you come out of the pose, I mean, you're not failing. Like, what's the big deal? You're just going to touch the floor. Well, you know, like in, in the water, you're just like, you kind of said earlier, if you're in deep water, you're the water's got you just, you know, make sure that your equipment's not, you know, taking control of hitting you or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I, so I, I love that. And, um, I think it's always just sort of like, um, a, a challenge as a teacher, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're, you're learning from them and they're learning from you. And I, you know, it's always such a cool thing. I, it's, I guess that's why I keep doing it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, I, I love that. I love that you said that about teaching. Cause I, I think it's so true. Like you learn so much from, from the students that you, you take out and you learn about their fears. And sometimes it's easy as a teacher to be like, well, um, I have all the skills in my, my toolkit and like, you know, I'm not afraid of falling in, but like to take a step back and put yourself in their shoes Mm -hmm. and understand that fear of falling in and, and really be like, okay, yeah, like this, this was me like so many years ago. So how yeah. do I walk them through this experience and and allow them to have a great time so that they can come back and they can still enjoy it? It it humbles you so much and it teaches yeah. you so much. So
0: yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. It's it's um, I guess it's what keeps you f- keeps you fresh too. You know, it's like, you know, I yeah, just like you said, it's like yeah, I have all this experience, I have this training, I have. You know, different boards, and you know, and and don't have these fears. But like, how? Okay, how? But how do you, how do you tell a beginner, or how do you engage them, entice them, and like get them to learn? But you know, you're still learning from them because how do you transcribe all of that?
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I and I think that's why I keep coming back to it. Like, I think that honestly, learning from beginners is what like feeds my fire I think Mm -hmm. to to do the best that I can every day and and to always keep that open mind and learn and to understand like okay sure like I can say I'm a professional athlete but like at the end of the day do I know everything no and Mm -hmm. are my students going to teach me things that I didn't know absolutely Mm -hmm. 100 percent. no matter what level that they're at
0: so Mm -hmm. yeah I
1: agree I
0: couldn't
1: that's agree awesome. with you more. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is,
0: right? Oh my gosh! Have you done any? So um, on the racing, have you done any events in the U.S.? Um,
1: what have I done? I have done the Carolina Cup. Okay, I think that's the first. I've one heard that of that comes one. To yes, my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if that is the only one I've done. I want to say I feel like I've done something else, but. I can't remember. Um, there's a lot of races I want to do. Yeah. Like I want to go to Hood River. I would love to do like the the Gorge Paddle Challenge. Like that's a downwind race where Fiona Wild is from. Um, so I really want to do that. I want to do Molokai to Oahu in oh, Hawaii. Yeah, that's big.
0: Tahoe yeah. has, has a race too. Like Tahoe. Oh,
1: yes. Yes, I've heard of that one as mm-hmm. well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, let's see. Chatterjack?
1: Oh, okay. So I've done I did the virtual Chatta Jack uh this past fall, which was fun, like so fun. But I had how did planned that work? earlier in the year to go. Um oh how did it how does it work? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so basically like well, I think yeah, Chatta Jack, like you know, takes place on the Chattanooga River mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Yep. And basically I think it's um I can't remember how many miles because I'm so Canadian. (laughs) I know it's like 52 kilometers (laughs) or 50 K. And so um, basically Chattajack, the organizers were like, Hey, like, sorry, you can't come to to Tennessee this year, but if you would like to do it virtually, um, you're more than welcome to pick a local spot, go out and paddle 50 K, submit your time, submit your like GPS units and uh, your results will get put on display on our website. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so that's how I chose to do it. Last year, I, I paddled 50K down the Welland River, so in my hometown. Yeah. And it was such a grind, even though I wasn't in <laughs> Tennessee. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and oh, wow. it was amazing.
0: That's awesome. So, do you have more bucket lists like, uh paddle races versus like travel destination type of uh events
1: Definitely I think my paddle races that I want to do are like the places that I I want to travel um yeah. but I'll always keep an open mind to to other places too like when I got asked to compete on behalf of Team Canada for China like I never thought China was a place ever in my life that I would go to because I have a highly deathly (laughs) allergic peanut allergy and I was like yeah I'm never going to Asia like I'm just never gonna (laughs) like touch the food there I'm never gonna survive but but here we are (laughs) oh my gosh that's
0: so funny oh that's that's (laughs) yeah who knew you know I mean yeah oh my gosh wow well you got you have a ton of experience and uh, you're just gonna keep building upon that. That's I'm I'm am so happy to hear about the your endeavors right now though. Just with uh, the the company swell, that's so cool. That's awesome. I mean, I could I guess just because me be, me being a teacher and like love hearing about like like a center doing you know classes and then your unique location too to be able to do some surf lessons too. I imagine that uh, you probably start you. them out on land first, right?
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, we do about um, a half an hour talk on the land, whether that's sup or surf, um, to explain what's going on in the ocean. Um, so where we're surfing to, like we explain hazards, then we walk them through the board, and then um, usually we leave about like an hour to an hour and a half of like actually being in the water and and surfing and or stand up paddling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we never just say, all right, guys, here we go. Like, let's go in. It's like, yeah. Yeah. As
0: excited as they might want to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I literally had a guy last week in one of my lessons. Like I started, I literally started talking and I think I just finished explaining the hazards and I'm like, okay, so now that we know what's dangerous in the water, we're going to, we're going to move to the, to the board. We're going to start talking about the board. And he was like, okay, so we're going to put our leash on and like, we're going to go. And I was like, okay, uh, no, (laughs) not, not yet. Like hold your horses. (laughs) So people are very excited to get in the water. Do you have
0: like a wide range of ages? Yes.
1: Yeah, we do. I haven't taught um, a family yet, but my coworkers have said like they've taught kids, like kids come out with, with their parents. Um, And then, yeah, we have like I've seen people, I guess, now over the past three weeks in their twenties to like their sixties. So yeah, lots of people are coming to to learn how to surf and stuff.
0: And That's sup. awesome. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna put it yeah. on my list.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. You have to come to Topino. It's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Well, cool. You you have you do have another project though that you're working on, I believe. Was there a, a, a certain project of yours?
1: Um, I, I have a couple. Um, <laughs> I'm still finishing up my, my master's degree at Brock University. So I'm hoping to defend my thesis in the next couple of months. Um, so that's a pretty big project. And then forever and always, an, an ongoing project is my personal fundraiser called On Board, um, so I raised funds for the Canadian Cancer Society for Brain Cancer Research oh. in honor of two friends that I lost to cancer. Oh, wow. So I always have a lot of stuff on the go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. it keeps you it keeps you busy and you just keep learning, right? That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds so great. i well i loved I loved hearing all about your your paddle adventures, and i I always think that, um, As as many paddlers that I've talked to already on the podcast, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different story or what they're currently doing with paddleboarding and are being on the water and... So I, uh, yeah, I, I will definitely applaud your, uh, your enthusiasm, especially.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. And you seem like you're
0: having so much fun. You're doing, you, you're doing what you want to do this summer, which is great. I love it. So I'll just keep following along on, on Instagram and, and see what kind of pictures you post with teaching and all of that.
1: Hey, right back at you. I'm so excited to see like how your summer plays out and, know, with COVID, I hope your restrictions keep easing up and you can get a lot of people on the water.
0: Yeah. What, what tell tell everybody your, um, your handles.
1: Yeah. So Instagram I'm at Maddie three LeBlanc. Um, and it's just Maddie, like M A D D I three L E B L A N C. Um, and then I do have a website Uh, which is my name. So www.maddyleblanc.com. So you can find more information to like my Facebook, um, some articles and social media outlets there. Cool. Um, Yeah. And feel free, like hit me up guys. I I always love chatting. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much Maddie, for coming on, being part of the show and sharing. Um, I'm sure everyone was, is going to love it.
1: Thank you so much again, Misty, for having me. I really appreciate that. It's been such a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same here. Thanks again. Thank you. That's the show. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you, Maddie, for sharing all of your stories. I really appreciate you being here and inspiring the sub community. If you are a beginner... I welcome you to the show. I welcome you to even classes. If they're not in Michigan, then find your local um, teacher, someone that can teach you and become part of the SUP community. Uh, Go to lunamoonsupyoga.com. Again, I'm Misty in Sylvan Lake, Michigan.